everyone, and welcome to Aval Cafe. My name is Brian Hosler. I'm the founder of Stormroots Consulting based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Carolyn Kamen. Hi, everyone. I'm also an independent evaluation consultant working out of Vancouver, BC. This podcast is an informal chat on evaluation topics, the kind you might overhear at your favorite coffee shop if your favorite coffee shop were frequented by evaluators. This podcast is for everyone. If you're an expert or a novice, long-time practitioner, or just starting the field, or even if you don't identify as an evaluator, as long as you have an interest in evaluation, this podcast is for you. This week, our episode is, appropriately enough for the month of Halloween, October, The Fear of Evaluation. Ooh. So, Brian. Yes. Why are people afraid of evaluation? That's a good question. Uh, if we were afraid of the evaluation ourselves, we wouldn't be evaluators, I don't think. I mean, we could just, like, fear a lot, but I don't think that's uh, quite... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so maybe as evaluators, we, we lack the gene for fear of evaluation? That could be. Or is it just that no one's evaluating us, so we've actually found sort of the, the secret out to this process? Because, I mean, no one likes taking tests. Like, do you yeah. still have nightmares about, you know, showing up for exams unprepared and, and naked? Uh, not so much exams. I do have fear about showing up to conferences unprepared, so I guess that's a kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Maybe there's this sort of general fear of this idea of being evaluated. I mean, evaluation is about being judged, and, and who, who wouldn't be a little scared of being judged? Exactly, yeah. I remember attending a workshop at AEA, I think it was in 2012, at the American Evaluation Association, and we're talking about different methods for collecting data, and usually we do the survey, right? When do you usually see something like a survey where you have a printed form, and you have, you know, questions, you have to fill out answers, maybe circle different options or write in responses. Either it's on a government form, some sort of maybe applying for benefits or, you know, getting a new driver's license or what have you. Or it's from a test. So, yeah, and for a lot of people, especially people from more marginalized communities, um, that can be really stressful. So just coming in and kind of using those kind of forms can just uh, be enough to send shivers down anyone's spine. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, we can have compassion for we can understand the fear of evaluation Mm -hmm. uh as evaluators we're we're probably still gonna go and and evaluate them it's so kind of in our name so does that just mean that we're 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 meanies we're we're mean people who don't (laughs) care about the suffering and fear of others or well i think um first step is to recognize that um and i think too we don't want to um overstate this either i don't think um everybody's afraid of it i think a lot of people see the benefit of evaluation that you can use it as a learning tool and just like, you know, tests and that are useful or learning um, in an educational context is, is really useful. But I think we just need to recognize that uh, people are different and they're going to respond different ways and uh, come with the assumption that, you know, let's have a conversation about this. Okay. Yeah, I think that's true. I think um, I know when I was in school and first learning about evaluation, I was given the heads up of like, okay, when you're when you're out there doing evaluations, be prepared people are going to be scared of you. People are going to, you're going to go into these situations and people are going to be very, very nervous and and anxious about the evaluation. And it was like, you know, when you're a kid and you watch all these TV shows and they have sort of those, those plots that always come up and you grow up kind of assuming that (laughs) things like um, quicksand and evil twins are going to be a much bigger problem in your life than mm-hmm. they actually are just based on your exposure to to cartoons um <laughs> it was it's 
almost like that in that I was told to expect a lot of fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. But when I did get out in the field, and I have encountered it, for sure. Right. Um But I also have definitely been in a lot of situations where I was prepared to do some hand-holding and reassuring and instead had the reaction of, yeah, we're stoked, we're excited, Mm -hmm. or yeah, I'm comfortable with this, this makes sense to me, let's let's do this. Um, And and a huge range of emotional reactions. Um, And what I learned was when I go and, you know, have that first big stakeholder meeting is to actually ask people what they're feeling mm-hmm. around the evaluation and check in with people and ask people what they what they think of when they hear um, evaluation and and I get a whole just wonderful tapestry of emotions and and fear and anxiety can be in there for sure. Right. Um, I also get apathy sometimes, um, yeah. excitement, mm-hmm. um, curiosity, intrigue. People mm-hmm. can get really excited. Um, sometimes people want to know more. They they are. They have really good questions about, you know, how is this going to mm-hmm. be used? How is this exactly. going to help me? Really probing, critical, like, oh, God, now I'm being evaluated. Yeah. Questions. <laughs> there we go. We are being evaluated. Tables are turned. Um, but it's definitely not all fear all the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think um, one thing that's coming up in my mind right now just in this conversation is that when we're asking about fear and evaluation, there's going to be different kind of groups of people who may be experiencing fear. Like we talked at the top of the episode a bit about maybe people who are participants in an evaluation. So maybe they may, it could be clients of an organization, program participants, uh, who may be a little bit, yeah, they get a, a, an evaluation survey or something, and that can bring back negative memories. There's the staff members of the organization, because sometimes they're also part of the evaluation process. We're talking to them, we're asking them questions about what are you seeing in the community? Uh, how do you address this issue that you've been working on? Um, sometimes I've gone into settings and um, those staff people think this is like a performance appraisal in disguise somehow that I'm actually like there to evaluate them and or maybe even find evidence to get them fired or something which is completely not the purpose of the evaluation but sometimes that does there is that fear because those kind of questions often just may come up in a more formal kind of a performance appraisal or other HR kind of function. And then you have like the third level, which is the leadership or the organization as a whole and or the program leadership. Um, and they may fear the evaluation because, you know, what if it comes back poorly and the program is not working like it's supposed to? What happens then? Do they lose funding? Do they lose resources? Does the program get shut down? So I think there's like different levels of fear depending on, on, on who we're talking about here. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think everyone has their their own reasons mm-hmm. um, for being afraid. Sometimes I think some other reasons for fear that I've seen have been not necessarily around the evaluation itself. People might, you know, like the idea of evaluation in theory and be okay with participating in it. But sometimes also you are in an environment where it can be it can be a bit of a dysfunctional environment. Mm-hmm. And the people involved have some legitimate questions about, you know, is someone going to misuse these evaluation results or is Mm -hmm. this process going to be used in a political way within the organization? And, um, you know, even if as an evaluator, you're not doing anything particularly scary and you can explain, you know, this is how evaluation, you know, this is what it is and this is why I'm here and this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it is good to be also mindful of, the legitimate fears that mm-hmm. people can sometimes right. have, particularly if, if you're in a, 
dysfunctional environment or an environment where there's been communication breakdown or really serious mm -hmm. power dynamic problems. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I was just reading an article that reminded me, uh, or it's a AEA365 blog, which is an awesome website, has a little kind of uh, blog posts about evaluation from a variety of authors, and there's one by Michael Quinn Of course, now we've got our, our Padden quote in for this podcast. We're four and for four. We're four for four. And uh, he was asking, um, when are situations, like when are evaluations political? And he had a list of conditions, all of which must be met for it not to be political. And I think it's like no one cares about the evaluation, there's no money involved. Um, there's a couple other ones. He ends with that no one connected to the program is at all sexually active so like all sorts of funny kind of criteria so the the end of the story is, is that all programs are political in some ways you're going to be talking about policies about allocation of resources so yeah there's going to be sometimes legit fears of how would this report be used uh for good or for worse mm -hmm. yeah so so what do we do when we're encountering fears whether they're sort of unfounded anxieties just mm -hmm. related to what people associate with evaluation or those legitimate fears mm -hmm. of, you know, this may be a situation in which evaluation findings or processes could be used for ill. Uh, how do, yeah. how do we navigate? And with all these different groups who have different reasons for fear, you know, mm -hmm. what do we as evaluators do to address those questions? And I'm really glad that I got to ask that question first, because now you have well, to answer I'm it and I don't. <laughs> well, I'm going to toss it back at you. I think you said it earlier is just having, uh, some of the, uh, some of those discussions up front, I think, uh, talking about what's the purpose of the evaluation, getting all the stakeholders together, um, trying to surface, yeah, what are some, um, what are some of the concerns? What are people feeling about the evaluation? Um, I think just being really clear about, yeah, that purpose right up front to say, okay, here's what the understanding is. And then I think the second part is just as evaluators, we need to be going into those meetings and both seeing what's stated, you know, what's on the, uh, the evaluation contract or the the program kind of framework, the project framework, but also like seeing who's in the room, who's not in the room. That's often an important question. Who's not being involved in this process? And uh, you know, what are people looking? Are are they engaged? Are they bored? Are they fidgeting? Are they looking like they're about to throw up violently out of fear? <laughs> so um, yeah, so I think that's it's it's um, there's a whole interpersonal competency set. Um, which is also one of the competencies in the Canadian Evaluation Society's uh, competencies for evaluators, um, around, yeah, like looking at these things and seeing how are people reacting, including those unspoken cues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that's true. I think that's one of the very first things to, to do is to get a sense of where people are coming from and, and what, what their feelings around that are. Um, I'm also thinking about, maybe this is taking a, a more appreciative inquiry approach to this, sure. <laughs> but I was thinking about how I said, oh, I've encountered situations in which people aren't afraid of evaluation. Well, why mm -hmm. weren't they afraid of evaluation? What, what were the mm -hmm. common denominators there? And I think it's been situations where um, people feel that they aren't being evaluated, mm -hmm. but their program is being evaluated. So they, okay. first of all, they have a clear sense of what the evaluation is of, and they can understand the distinction mm -hmm. that it's, you know, if my program is doing well or poorly, that's not a personal reflection on me right. necessarily. And it's not a judgment of my worth as a human being, which <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we get very we, emotionally tied up with, with yeah, this We stuff. invest ourselves into those programs. Yeah. Uh, and also they have a sense of not only what is the evaluation directed at, but who the evaluation is for and who it's coming from. The place this is where I've seen the most excitement from mm -hmm. um, program staff, from administrators, and, and from, from clients and, and mm -hmm. from service recipients is when 
they feel like the evaluation is being done for them mm. and in some cases by them right. and that they are going to uh, get power mm-hmm. from, from the evaluation process, that it's going to give them new knowledge and mm-hmm. new insights and new leverage for funding and things like that. Right. And so they really see the benefits of doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's when people get excited about right. evaluation. Um, I was, uh, earlier this week, I was actually sitting down with a group of people, um, various, you know, program staff and and administrators, and we spent like three hours talking about metrics excitedly. (laughs) That is Um, awesome. Yeah. And I, I I was like, this is, this is great. It's not the first time I've been in that situation, but it had Mm -hmm. those same common factors of they're doing it for themselves Mm -hmm. and I'm here to help facilitate and answer some questions and give guidance on, on tools and techniques, but really they're doing this evaluation for themselves, so they're not scared of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, there's there's no monster lurking in the shadows. It's all out in the open and, and, and people mm-hmm. feel uh, control of it. So I think that's a really important. Definitely. It's something that they're that they're participating in and doing. It's not something that's being done to them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for listeners, if you haven't already, go back to episode number two of this podcast about participatory evaluation. Uh, we talked a little bit more about, uh, about this concept. So, but... Um, that's got me thinking, though, is that we're both external evaluators, both uh, work on a more consulting basis. Um, and certainly one of the fears, I think, is around the idea of a parachute evaluator or a parachute consultant, um, perhaps more in like international development context. But I think it happens uh, here as well in different communities that you have someone from outside who doesn't understand the community, who doesn't understand the program, who doesn't understand the dynamics, kind of gets parachuted in, they get you know flown in, they hop out of the plane, they parachute down to the ground, they collect their data, they leave again, and six months later, a weighty tomb of a report gets dropped down on their doorstep, and usually, despite having many words and many diagrams and charts, completely misses the point of the program, completely um, underplays the different um, uh, different findings and all such, uh, and I think that's kind of maybe one of the... Um, one of the uh, images that some people have in their head. So how do we, how do we work? How do you work around that? How do you kind of get rid of that, uh, deal with that negative stereotype if it arises? No, I'm in the hot seat. Exactly. So, um, you're, you're getting the hang of this. Only episode four. And it took us, yeah. You know, that also, that also reminded me of another source of fear that I think people have around evaluation is, I think mm-hmm. this is a big one, is a fear that they're wasting money on the evaluation. Mm-hmm. That right. it's not going to be helpful, that the process is not going to give them anything useful. Because mm-hmm. um, especially when you're working with, um, well, no, I think when, I think everyone's concerned about money. I was going to say, yeah. especially when you're working with nonprofits. But no, I think no one is out there just throwing money around <laughs> willy-nilly. Um, yeah. Everyone wants to know. And, and if you're unfamiliar with what evaluation is and what it does, if you're not familiar with the person you're working with yet, um, it, it's a big investment. And right. that, I think, can be scary. It's like, you know at the end of the day, are we going to get something back that justifies this budget allocation? Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if it's, you know, working in a really resource restricted environment, which is everyone. Yeah. Everyone is mm-hmm. working in a resource restricted environment now. Um, and so, but to answer your question um, about, you know, what, you know, how to set yourself up for success in that scenario and, and mm-hmm. avoid that, you know, oh, parachuting in and, and, and doing something irrelevant and then disappearing off into the night. Yeah. Like the worst Batman ever. <laughs> um, Put up the eval signal. <laughs> is, um, you know, when I start any evaluation project, I know the first thing I'm supposed to, to focus on is like, okay, well, why do you need the evaluation? Mm-hmm. But actually the first thing I always do focus on mm-hmm. is... 
um, can we build a relationship together? Right. It's, it's, it's all about laying a really strong foundation of mm-hmm. a relationship and taking the time to have conversations, have a two-way dialogue, be really open with mm-hmm. people so that I'm not a mysterious figure to them. Right. Um, and that's whether I'm working internally or externally. Mm-hmm. The relationship building process can look a little different. I think when you're external, you have to be faster. Yeah. Because you're a little bit more on the clock. Whereas if you're internal, you have, you know, generally lots of time to build those relationships. Um, but it, if people know you and, and feel like you are there and ready to get to know them mm-hmm. and that they're going to be heard and have a chance to express what they need to express and um, that they're going to be heard and listened to and that that will be reflected in the work that's done. Right. I think that's the critical thing. And when I, I think a lot of the fear comes from uh, uncertainty and, and, a, and a lack of trust, whether mm-hmm. it's a lack of trust in you as the evaluator, in the evaluation process, in the people who are going to use the evaluation. I think all of that fear and anxiety comes down to um, trust, and and that's legitimate. I think yeah. you can't expect someone to trust you right away. I think you have to put that time into the relationship building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's even, you brought up a good point around internal versus external evaluators, and I've worked in a internal capacity for a more developmental project and I think you have to be careful in those situations that you don't take the relationships for granted I think as an external evaluator you know you're an outsider so you spend a bit more time or you have to it's a more uh, readily apparent that you need to spend some time as an internal evaluator um, you think oh I'm you know I'm part of the team people know me already so um, but my experience was I was kind of meeting with the different program people individually to say, like, here's my role, here's how I'm working, here's how I see it, um, here's kind of the, the different boundaries of the work, so, um, and here's kind of where I'm wearing my evaluator hat, and here's where I'm wearing my team member hat, usually it's all at the same time, but sometimes it's going to be a little bit, a little bit different, so, and then the other thing that comes to mind is just that uh, the, the relationship is ongoing, it's not just, uh, okay, we formed the relationship, we're good, um, that communication needs to keep happening, um, It'll depend a little bit on the purpose of the evaluation. If it's a more of a developmental evaluation, there's going to be a lot more two-way con- uh, communication happening throughout, rapid um, sharing of, of uh, feedback and ideas and all that. But even in a more traditional, say, outcome evaluation, I think it's still incumbent on us as evaluators to be you know, letting the people we're working with, whether they're staff, leadership, and yeah, participants, if we're doing a more participatory approach, um, let them know how the project is going and say, you know, there's, these are some of the, the initial insights, whether it's through a formal interim report or just conversations, like here's how it's progressing, here's some of the preliminary findings we have. Not that they get surprised at the end of the day that they think everything is good, and then all of a sudden they get hit with some report they weren't expecting in terms of the results. Mm-hmm. I, I have a question, and maybe this is a controversial question, I don't know. Um, but I'm asking, so you have to answer. Um, I know that the word evaluation itself or the word evaluator can strike fear in the hearts of of many. It sounds a little more super villain than superhero, I guess. (laughs) Right. Um, do you think we should retire the word evaluation, um, and evaluator and come up with a more sort of friendlier way of describing ourselves? Should we, should we abandon that it's kind of somewhat yeah. triggering kind, kind of word. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, because we are in this kind of funny professional 
space and we had to ask what is a profession if you want more discussion about this go back to episode one um <laughs> i'm all with the uh plugging our previous content aren't we um but yeah i think it's an interesting question and i think kind of you know there's some other professions i think which have negative connotations with their names Person, I think auditor, uh, but uh, I'm sitting on a nonprofit board right now, and we have actually a really great auditor, and I think she's coming to explain what her role is in terms of some of the risk management pieces, um, in terms of kind of helping to make sure that we are meeting these different criteria. It still feels a little scary sometimes, but I don't think it was as scary as before, where it's it's not that she's coming in just to like to nitpick every last flaw that we have. Um, so, I mean, I think for some people it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a, a, a negative word evaluation. Some it's going to be triggering. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, some people use more like strategic learning as a, as a way to describe what they do or coaching or those kind of words. Um, I do like saying evaluation coach. That's, I mean, if I'm doing that kind of specific coaching role, but there's just something a little warmer and fuzzier about it. Right. It makes me feel like I should have, you know, like a, a whistle and a clipboard and a, mm. and a cap. <laughs> yeah, the little phone device you can toss to somebody. If yeah, and I'm going to give like a big fancy motivational speech right at halftime. Right there, yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about sports. Um, <laughs> but... I feel maybe we should form a support group with auditors because I feel there I feel bad like I don't I'm sure auditors are all wonderful nice people and yeah. I don't know enough of them but that it is one of those spooky spooky mm -hmm. profession names. Um, I personally don't think we should get rid of evaluation. I'd rather mm -hmm. I think it would be very difficult to transition right. our entire field away from it, and I think it is what we do. And I think yeah. I don't want us to shy away from or or hide the fact that we're evaluators evaluating mm -hmm. things. We are. Um, looking, we're, we're passing yeah. judgment. I think, yeah. um, uh, Jane, Jane Davidson has a really great way of, of describing evaluation as, as, you know, we're here to evaluate where mm -hmm. the value judgment is part of it. And that's not something that we should be ashamed of, Right. but I think we can take some, some, you know, opportunities to rehabilitate the image of evaluation mm -hmm. and, uh, be, be compassionate about the fact that it is something that comes off as scary, especially if your association is, you know, dreaming about showing up naked to a, a final exam that you haven't prepared for. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so we're at the end of our podcast now. Any final thoughts, Brian? Um, I think it's kind of like Halloween a little bit. There's a lot of uh, bumps and uh, weird sounds in the night, but uh, ultimately it's not that scary. I think... Uh, Bring a good flashlight with you, um, and uh, yeah, that's and, and enjoy the candy. I don't know. If the, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this the analogy is going off the deep end, but at the end of the day, Halloween is Halloween is fun. Everyone likes to be a little bit scared sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Okay, that's it for this episode of Eval Cafe. Thank you to all our listeners. Please check out the rest of our episodes on SoundCloud. Uh, iTunes or Google Play, or by going through our website, evalcafe.wordpress.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at evalcafe. And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us at evalcafe.podcast at gmail.com. Musical credits go to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for Poppers and Prosecco, our intro theme, and Dispersion Relation, our outro, as well as to Tim at tabletopaudio.com for the lively cafe ambiance in our intro.